1: Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R A M P.com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank. Members of DIC terms and conditions apply.
2: Hey guys, this is Alex, or as we call him here in the basement, self identified listener number three. <laughs> and what's funny is, when I'm not stacking Benjamins, I'm usually counting gold in my Los Angeles bunker, maybe buying a new van for the missus. Sometimes I call my significant other and tell them to stop tracking the time it takes to manage our rental empire such as in 15 minute increments, so that I can jet set from Hawaii to the middle US on a budget airliner to get one hell of a deal on a new car to drive back to Vegas, just in time to tell my best friend about the trip to Vietnam that my family and I went on. Did I mention I went to Vietnam? (laughs) What, Doug, Doug, get out of here. You're ruining the intro. Gotta go.
1: Live from Joe's Bob's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's Bob's neighbor, Duggan. welcome to the best show this side of the Mississippi. Well, maybe this side of the Red River. Okay, okay, fine, whatever. Within five-mile radius of Texarkana, whatever, stop being picky. We're a pretty darn good podcast, but no matter, because today we've got a great headline. Wait, what was the what was the headline again? Oh, hey, thanks, Richie. Yeah, interns are good for something. Oh, damn, that is a good headline. Also... When did you have your money epiphany? We'll ask our team about big money moments in their lives and ask them to help out our new buddy, Dustin, who dialed the blue call for help. We're going to help Dustin score a bigger raise. On today's show, we welcome from Afford Anything, Paula Pant. And from this here podcast, just over on the other side of the basement, OG. Plus, from LenPenzo.com, it's Elvis Presley i'm just kidding it's just len penzo you know what elvis would be saying if he were alive hey let me out of this coffin (laughs) oh my god i gotta start writing my own material that's just awful and that's not all in our friday fintech segment we're all about comparing ourselves to everyone else right so now we've got an app to help us do just that today we welcome from status money majd And now, a guy who loves sparkly pants as much as Elvis, Joe Salcijai. I do like sparkly pants,
0: but not in public. Hey, everybody. I'm Joe Salcijai. Welcome to Friday on the show, Sparkly Pants Day, and the woman wearing sparkly pants in the desert. It's the one and only Paula Pant.
3: Absolutely. My last name is Pants, so my job is to wear any type of pants. There's sparkle pants, rainbow pants, unicorn pants, cat pants. True story, I actually own a pair of Dr. Seuss Cat in the Hat pants.
0: Do you have any of those awesome Southeast Asian pants?
3: Oh, Thai fisherman pants. They're super comfortable. Yes. Those are amazing.
0: Yes, fantastic pants. And the guy who does this awkwardly across the table from me, not wearing any pants, the one and only OG
4: it's like that Lego movie. Where are my pants?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and Do you like to wear
4: pants to this party?
0: Yeah, bummer, huh? Do
4: you like to go to the pants party,
0: Joe? Uh, pass, and then okay. uh, from the from a bunker way. That was a hard pass. <laughs> yeah, it was was I too quick on that? And then from a bunker deep below Los Angeles, we'll ask him about pants. Len Penzo.
2: Yep, not wearing any pants today. I got my pink tutu on. Let's per- get started. Perfect. We're all dressed. And you know, you know what's the
0: best part about this show, Len? Is the fact that you can save $450 not by selling your pants and moving to tutus, but if you go to magnifymoney.com. The average person awesome. there, yeah, average person there saves 450 bucks on their checking Better checking account, better savings account. You got that checking account with fees, or maybe the savings account at a brick and mortar paying nothing. Or maybe you've got that credit card that doesn't have rewards when Nick at Magnify Money tells us we can get 2% rewards, or maybe even better. Head to StackyBenjamins.com forward slash magnify money for more. Thanks also to Harry's for supporting Stacky Benjamin's. Love my Harry's. Harry stands behind the quality of their blades, but they know switching razors isn't an easy decision so they created a trial offer claim yours by going to harrys.com forward slash sb tell you what, it's not all pants discussions today we're actually going to talk about money epiphany so let's get this party started
3: hello darlings and now it's time for your favorite part of the show our stacking benjamin's headlines
0: Our headline today actually comes to us from Rockstar Finance. You know, we find a lot of the pieces that we talk about, actually, on Rockstar Finance. But this one actually is from Rockstar Finance. And our friend Derek Olson wrote this. What was your money epiphany? He says, the first time my wife and I did a monthly budget, I was shocked by what I saw. I guessed that we spent $100 eating out the month before. I was wrong. Way wrong. We spent $450. Okay, budget. You have my full attention now. Teach me your wise ways. That was our money epiphany. And it got me thinking about my money epiphanies, guys. I haven't had one money epiphany. I've had like several like aha moments, but there definitely was kind of a first one. So, uh, Len, we'll start with you. Did
2: you have like a money epiphany? Uh, well, yeah, but it's not because of you know I didn't see a bill. It's from what somebody told me once, and I've I refer to him occasionally here. It's it's my cousin Kevin, the CPA. When I was 18 years old, he pointed out to me about debt and what debt does is really how it enslaves you. So what it does is it reduces the wealth you can accumulate down the road. He pointed out that that limits your options in the future. And I thought about that and I was like, you know what? That's right. So I'm like pulling forward my options today, but it's limiting me in the future. And, And that really made me think. It's like, you know what? Why would I do that? When I want that flexibility down the road. And so that just, that was one thing that just really got me about how debt takes away your future options. How did he talk to you about that? Was he asking you for, I mean, what was he asking you? Were you asking him for a loan? No. Well, I don't know. You know, or was he's he just accountant. pontificating? So he's, he's all things money. And, It's what he does. He talks. I mean, he talks about money like that, like like uh, other people talk sports, you know, hey, how the Dodgers do or whatever he talks about, you know, hey, how's your money accounts doing? How's your you you making money? You doing okay? You know, is everything okay with your your budgets? And and that's he just pointed that out. He thought it would be a good thing for him to point out because he knew I was going off to college and uh, he wanted to point out and I was making money at the time and working at a grocery store, actually. But he was concerned about how I was managing my money, and he was—he didn't want me to go off spending frivolously, and he wanted to point out the the dangers in that. Was he it, just brought it up? Was there
0: something you were doing though that made him concerned? I mean, were you just taking the money from the grocery store and shoveling it
2: away? I, I don't know, KeV. I, I mean, because I've—I don't know, Joe. I really don't. It's just—I uh, think he did it out of love, really. He just brought it to my attention, and and it was a great—it was a great point. I mean, it it was. Perfectly. I am forever grateful for him pointing that out to me and pointing that out to me at an early age because I really hadn't thought of it that way at all.
0: Paula, what was your earliest money epiphany?
3: My biggest epiphany was uh, so it was when I was working at the newspaper. Um, I used to work at a a newspaper as a reporter and I was making somewhere in the 20,000 range uh, I started at 21000 I ended at 31000 so it was somewhere in within that time span I was making somewhere inside of that. And I got uh, my first fairly lucrative freelance assignment, I made 50 cents a word for this article that was 300 words. I made $150 writing this article that took me maybe an hour to write, and that was... Like a massive eye-opener. It was a massive epiphany that if I focus on figuring out how I can earn more, especially outside of my day job, I've got just tremendous power there. You know, because when you're making around $20,000 a year, but then you make $150 an hour, like the comparison's crazy.
0: Wow. Oh, gee, your first money epiphany. Or are you still waiting? <laughs> Someday you'll have one. What's an epiphany? <laughs> Everybody else has had one, Mom. <laughs> what if I could have mine?
4: <laughs> That's awesome. <sighs> totally inappropriate, but uh, funny. You know, as I think back, Loli's past four decades on the planet, I've had so many like different things that I can point to that have kind of Turned a direction, you know, and some of it's been good and some of it's been been not not great. For example, when I was 11, I had a paper route and I made talking about making one hundred fifty dollars for an hour's worth of work. I made two hundred dollars doing a paper route when I was 11 and I spent it all on Laffy Taffy's. And that was when Laffy Taffy's <laughs> were. Nicking. Wow. I had every one, all of them in the candy store. Not, I didn't have like. One of each, I had all of the Laffy Taffy that was in the store. I just took it all. And after getting a bellyache on candy, my mom took me to the bank and said, you need to have a bank account and put your money in it. And while we were standing in line, there was a brochure for Franklin Templeton Growth Fund or whatever it was. And so I grabbed that and I'm just sitting there and I'm flipping through it and I'm going, well, this says 10% and that says one or whatever the number was. I'm like, I want the 10% thing. And I remember my mom saying, no, you don't, investing is dangerous. It's very risky. You don't want anything to do with that. I'm like, well, this is my money, so I'm not putting it in the bank. And so we sat down and I opened a brokerage account. Did you? You know, with a, <laughs> with a Franklin Templeton fund and put $200
0: a month in it. Your mom was 11 till I was 15. Your mom said no way. And you did it anyway odd
4: right <laughs> but weird. then but then I also remember later when I was working while I was in college I worked at a bank so that was a really good one right like so that got me interested in investing and that sort of thing and then I also remember when I was working at the bank and I you know I had a credit card now and, and I was responsible and the responsible thing clearly was to take a cash advance from the credit card off you. they mailed you those checks so they gave me $7,500 I could write a check for it. I'm like, well, this is really smart. I should take this and invest it in savings bonds. That's a good thing. You know, I'm going to arbitrage the interest rate within the matter of, I don't know, three months I cashed all the savings bonds out, which is a penalty for doing so, right? Had spent half the money and now I have $7,500 loan payment that I've got to pay $200 a month on, you know? So I've had a lot of like little twists and turns in my life over the years.
0: Paula, it seems like uh, the name of your blog, Afford Anything, is kind of an epiphany that you had at some point. Tell me the the story of when that thought that you're trading time for money and you can't have it all. You can have whatever you want. You just can't have all the Laffy Taffy.
3: <laughs> so when I was in college, I really wanted to study abroad. But the study abroad programs were prohibitively expensive. They were between fifteen to $20,000 for one semester. I realized I didn't want to study. I just wanted to go abroad, um, and so <laughs> I thought to myself, "I was like, well, you know what? I can graduate, save up some money, and then go travel." And so that was what I did. I, like I mentioned, I made between starting salary twenty one thousand, yeah. ending salary thirty one thousand, and then I freelanced during the evenings and weekends. And so over the span of three years working full time after college, I saved twenty five k. Then once I had that money, that was when I I quit my job and I went off to go travel and everybody flipped out. All my friends, you know, they were like, I would love to do that, but I can't afford it. That was the number one, number two, number three, and number 12 thing that I heard everybody say. But these were also friends who drove like new-ish, like within seven years or newer vehicles. They are people who like occasionally got pedicures. They got their hair cut at salons. They would go to dinner out. They would get Eight, nine, ten dollar cocktails. Absolutely. I never did any of that stuff. Life, so, yeah, life choices. Yeah, exactly. So I was kind of indignant a little bit that people kept saying that they couldn't afford to go travel, and then kept like asking, like, "Well, I don't get how can you afford it? Are you putting it on a credit card? Did are your parents paying for it? What are you? You know, like nobody seemed to be able to wrap their head around the fact that I just." Figured out a way to save $800 a month every month for three years, you know, and and that's what that adds up to, right? So, uh, so that was really where it started. I wanted to communicate that idea. That's and it seems like such a simple idea. I don't yeah. understand why people have such a hard time grasping it.
0: You know, it's funny, is I don't think because you present it so simply that it is simple, but people just look at the thing in front of them and go, I want, right? I want that. I don't think we think about the other end of the stick, as Stephen Covey would say. We just think right, about- the
3: process of getting there.
0: Yes, exactly.
3: Uh, you want l- the six-pack abs, but you don't want to do crunches.
0: I don't have to. I can, <laughs> <laughs> I can just dream it, right? The six-packs right underneath the protective layer. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Hey, Len, I'm curious because after you go to college and you start working as an engineer, you must have, when you got into the workplace, had some- epiphanies had some ahas either from looking at the people around you or maybe somebody mentored you or something. Tell me a story of once you started your work life in epiphany.
2: Here's one that I learned the hard way. This is from the school of hard knocks. It's an epiphany. I had moved into a new home and I was getting a new irrigation system in my home.
0: Oh, the old and, irrigation new home epiphany story. Yeah. I
3: that, remember this one too. It get, gets yeah, you, uh,
2: get you every so, so, time. Yep. So I, uh, Called uh, some contractors and and um, and you know you're just starting out. You're not making a lot of money, and so you're trying to get the lowest possible price you can. And boy, did I get one guy! I was so proud. I got this guy down so cheap. I mean, he I, I forget what the price was, but let's just say it was. He started at two thousand, and I bargained and I bargained hard. And and this guy needed the the work apparently. I got him down to I mean a ridiculously low price. And he reluctantly said, okay, I'll do it. And and I was so proud of myself. The price was, it was super cheap. Anyway, so the guy comes, does all the irrigation of my lawn, front yard, backyard, lays all the pipes, puts all the sprinklers in. And I, I kid you not, within one week, all the pipes start bursting. Because what happened was I got him so cheap, he used the cheapest material he could to meet my price. And he, instead of telling me, you know, this is really, you know, really dumb idea, he just took the job. And my being so proud uh, that I got him down a low, I was paying for that. And I ended up paying for that for like the next five years because the pipes would burst, you know, over a five-year period. And it was always a reminder that there's a difference between price and value. And sometimes it's worth paying, you know, a little more for something. Cutting corners, you end up paying in the long run.
0: I love that differentiating between price and value. And if I can find high value first and then find lower price for high value, as long as value is built in, but when you get rid of the value, it's a, it's a problem.
2: Yeah. It's like a, it's like a curve, you know, there's yes. there's a happy medium in there somewhere, right? Yes. Where you want to get you, yes. good value and a, and a price. You got to find that sweet spot. They call it the knee in the curve. Like I would rather eat at a
0: quirky fun restaurant. That's not that expensive than like a, a, a super expensive three Michelin star restaurant. I've never been to a three Michelin star restaurant.
4: but, but, but I was going to say, you've <laughs> never been to one apparently. <laughs> no, but I'll tell you, a
0: couple of the one star Michelin star restaurants I went to were, were not, I didn't have as much fun. I mean, one of them I thought was pretty good. The other one, I just didn't enjoy myself from the beginning to the end. It was too frou-frou and everybody was kind of, it seemed like the waitstaff was a little on pins and needles.
2: And the bill was. The portion, the portion sizes were small, and you probably had to go out and get some pizza afterward, anyways, <laughs> didn't you?
0: That didn't that didn't bother me. Actually, I thought that the that, that that like the concepts and the tastes were pretty cool, but but still, if I find a quirky restaurant in a neat neighborhood where the four of us here can have a conversation like we're having now, I'll go to that place all the time. Because for me, that's a far better value, uh, far better value. OG disagrees with that one. He'll take Steak Brother out for the most expensive steak ever.
4: Well, I took Doug out for steak. He did the same thing. <laughs> Which one's the most expensive? I <laughs> <That's, that's, laughs> took my other brother out for dinner. Who's buying? Like, literally, he said, Who's, whose tab is this? As he sat down and opened the menu.
0: Once you, once you let that story out, everybody now takes advantage of it. Hey, uh, OG, when can you and I go to dinner, by the way? <laughs>
4: <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing tomorrow after, after work for dinner, yeah?
0: I think that's great. What about the other side of the equation? You know, we talk about we talked about saving money and finding value, and affording uh, what you want, but not everything. What about making money, like that side of of the balance sheet? When did you first w- learn some of your work ethic epiphanies, uh, Paula? How about you? I have a work ethic. <laughs> Oops, misidentified. <laughs> of course I don't know you if do. I agree
3: with the premise of this question.
0: <laughs> I think you definitely do.
3: Oh, thanks. That's generous. I, I showed up for this.
0: Yes, that's right.
3: <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say, you know, actually one of the big lessons that I learned was, number one, that entrepreneurship was possible. Um, because as as most people, um, I was kind of indoctrinated into this idea that you go to school, you graduate, you get a job, you work there for 40 years, you retire. And it it just never occurred to me that it would be possible to earn any money outside of traditional salaried nine to five W-2 employment. I just, I had no exposure to that. And so when I, again, when I was a newspaper reporter, I would go to these journalism conferences and at the conferences, they have you know, different tracks and the tracks were broken out as newspaper, magazine. <laughs> this is, this is how back in the day it was. So it was newspaper, magazine, online, uh, (laughs) uh, like radio, TV. And then there was this one track called Freelance. And I was like, what what in the F is that? That was where I first gained exposure to an entire subset of human beings who were earning a full-time living outside of a job. And so I just kind of started looking into it more. And then that's when I realized that that was a thing but even from that point it took me years to be able to differentiate between self employment versus entrepreneurship that was the next lesson
0: that's fantastic and th- that's like a huge like wow i still remember that as i'm listening to you for myself thinking oh, oh my goodness i can really i can really do this like i was thought an entrepreneur you know like the person that ran the mcdonald's <laughs> it was it was incredible mm-hmm. that was somebody from a different age who had different genes than I had. It wasn't somebody like me. And now I think it's, it's, it's not that at all. Oh, gee, how about you? Epiphany about earning money?
4: I remember sitting in a new-ish financial advisor class with someone you and I both know, you know, it was about marketing and growing your business. And, you know, as we mentioned on the show hundreds of times, we get questions and people say, well, how do I turn into a financial planner? <laughs> you know, how do I, how do I start? And we tell them it's not about financial planning. It's about marketing and selling. It just totally is. And it sucks, but that's how it is. Right. And so this was kind of about that a little bit. And so the person that is leading this class says, I want you guys to think about a goal that you have over the next 90 days. So kind of a, a three month, any goal, it could be new clients. It could be, new investments that you make for clients, so new assets, it could be, you know, commissions or something, and write that down. And then I want you to think of something that's so extravagant that never in a million years would you do it for yourself, but you will do that, you will buy that or do that thing if you reach your goal. And for me, it was a set of pens, right? Because never in a million years would you spend $100 on a stupid pen. <laughs> right? I have them here. I hit my goal.
5: (laughs)
0: So I bought my pens.
4: The other set I bought because I was in the store. And I'm like, well, I'm here. I might as well buy the other set. (laughs) Right. Yeah.
0: Like um, like getting all the Laffy Taffy. It's the same thing, but adulting. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) But the thing that was interesting
4: to me was, and and it hit me years later, was the goal that I had was so infinitesimal compared to the goals are now that I have for my business and for my life, that you know, we've talked about how our show has grown, my business has grown, and what twenty years ago or fifteen years ago was, oh my gosh, wouldn't it be great if we get like a like two clients this month? And now it just happens, and I don't even think about it. Or wouldn't it be great if you know I earned a thousand dollars this month, or a thousand dollars this week, and now it's a thousand dollars. What was the, know, every couple of days?
0: What was the was every couple hours? While you're on the phone, while while you're, yeah. yeah. I mean,
4: I've got like one of those debt clocks that goes up. (laughs) It's just how much money I make just by sitting here talking to you guys. It's great. It's really motivating.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But but, but, but what was the epiphany? Goals change? I mean, what what was the uh aha?
4: It was really that, first of all, whatever you set your mind to, you can probably do, right? And what seems impossible is possible it's just it's just a different timeline that you're yeah. looking at right yeah. like we've already 10xed our lives there's a great podcast that I listen to called 10x talk it's with uh, Joe Polish and Dan Sullivan and it's fantastic information but one of the things that they talk about is you've already 10xed your life in whatever is important to you whether it's money or relationships or or t- you know free time or whatever the case may be you've done that before it just doesn't feel like it cuz you went from making $3,000 a year to $30,000 a year and now when you're making 50, you go, well, there's no way I can make half a million. That's 10 That's ten times. I could never do that. Yeah, you can. You've already demonstrated the ability to do that. And so there's no unrealistic goals, right? There's just unrealistic timelines. Is yeah. kind of how I think about that.
2: So, Len? Well, there's always something you can do to make money. There are so many ways to make money out there. You just got to sit and think about it. Think about what you're good at, what you can do to make money. When did you have that epiphany? <laughs> Frankly, I had that epiphany when I started the blog. <laughs> a right. few years, couple of years after yeah. starting the blog. <laughs> yeah, right. But and, and just because, and and I didn't start this, you know, I didn't start the blog to make money. But it's just it turned out that hey, you can I could actually make money off of this. So, but
0: in fairness, you're exchanging value for money, right? Oh yes, yeah. yes,
2: of course, yes, absolutely, <laughs> yes. That's the only way you're going to get money, right? Right.
3: I, um, I, I, well, you could steal you could
2: it.
0: I was going to say, what, what are you saying here, Len? No, there's no value in my blog. <laughs> <laughs> are you kidding me?
2: People just hand me money and I laugh maniacally. But, but so much on, uh, on income, let me let me bring up one more. It's kind of related to income and in that what makes up for a lack of income and people in today's instant gratification world, what makes up for a lack of income? Maybe you don't make as much as you want. But what makes up for that is saving money and learning how to, be, to save money. Saving money makes up for a lot of issues you might have with not making enough. You just have to be patient enough and save enough to get what you want. I remember when I was starting out, me and the honeybee for our home, for example, every year we would we would set a goal. Well, we want to do this home improvement. Okay, well, how much money would we have to save? We would figure out how much we'd have to save and we'd put away and we'd save and it would take time and it would, you know, we try to do it in a one year period. We'd, we'd set a goal and we would try to save. And that's how we would overcome, you know, you can't have everything all at once. And so it seems like for a lot of people, that's a lost art is saving. And I think that's important. You, you really should get into the habit of saving money. Saving is good. You, despite the low interest rates you get, there's always saving if you can't figure out a way to make extra money, you can always save.
0: Believe it or not, I remember when the phrase, to your point, Len, the the phrase uh, eating the elephant one bite at a time was like a big epiphany to me. It was this huge mm-hmm. epiphany because I'm a guy that I see something and I freak out. And to OG's point about 10xing my goal or to Paula's point about somebody you know being an entrepreneur and I think there's no way that could be me. My my very first feeling is always fear. There's no way I could ever be an entrepreneur. There's no way I can ten x that goal. There's no way that I could that, that I could save that much money. And then I've learned to eat the elephant one. And I remember somebody telling me that eating the elephant one one bite at a time. And I still think that whenever I I start to freak out about actually making right. it through this podcast or whatever it might be.
4: So, Tastes like chicken. That's
0: right. <laughs> Uh, but I think there's a lesson there isn't there I just
4: got that he's just like <laughs> poof
0: but I think there's a lesson here right I think it's uh, the lesson is and I usually ask you guys your lesson but I think there really is one to, to just pay attention be mindful of when the epiphanies happen that's what I got out of this article I don't know did you guys apology get anything different out of that than be mindful of the epiphanies when they happen
3: I'd say don't believe everything you think because sometimes you will think differently and yeah, that yeah. is what an epiphany is
0: Len, how's your money doing compared to
2: everybody else's? I don't know. You want to show me your checkbook?
0: <laughs> what is it? We...
2: Show me yours. I'll I just you don't mine. know.
0: Yeah, that got awkward in a hurry. We... I'll tell you, when I was a financial planner, this was one of the most popular questions I always got. How am I doing versus everybody else? And I said, it doesn't matter. But a recent study shows that it might matter and it actually might motivate you to do better. So, I'm super excited that coming down to the basement upstairs talking to mom right now is Maj Maksad. He's the uh, CEO of Status Money, an app that I found just infinitely cool where you get to compare yourself in all things to different subsets of people and how they're doing. So, let's say hello to Maj Maxad. And coming down to the basement to join me is Maj Maksad. How are you, man? Good. How are you, Joe? Well, I'm great. And I find this fascinating. You brought with you today this report from the University of Chicago and the University of Maryland showing that peer pressure may help people curb spending and save more money. It seems like, though, it also
5: works the opposite, doesn't it? Like if your friends are all spenders, you're going to be a spender, too? Maybe. I mean, the thing is, peer pressure works both ways, and we just got to make sure we got to harness it for good. So the study, what exactly did it show? First of all, the study was based on a bunch of people that are using Status Money, which is a a new platform uh, that I built a couple of years ago, starting a couple of years ago, that lets you see how your finances compare with people like you, people around the country, millions of people. The study focused on what would happen when people found out that they were spending more than their peers, looking at specific categories, such as their entertainment spending, their restaurant spending, and so on. And the results were startling. When people found out that they were spending more than people their age, making the same amount of money living in their city, they reduced their spending by 23%. That's so uh, amazing. Over $600 over a couple of months.
0: It's funny because I was a financial planner, as our longtime listeners know, for uh, 16 years. And people would always ask me, they'd say, well, Joe, how am I doing versus everybody else? And I would always say,
5: it doesn't matter. It's you and your goals. But clearly I was wrong. It does matter. It, it absolutely does matter. It gives you a sense of perspective. Budgeting in a vacuum, I think, has been the way you know we've all operated for a very, very long time. And it's been incredibly awkward to talk to other people about their finances. You don't want to ask somebody how much they make or how much they spend. And by the way, they're probably going to lie to you anyway. Uh, so being able to democratize access to this information is incredibly valuable and for the first time, everybody has access to it. What made you, I love hearing origin
0: stories matched. So what was it, uh, that made you think of this? Were you wondering like, where do I stand versus all of my friends? So you decided to make, make this or how did it all begin?
5: Well, I was very curious, but I actually had access to a lot of that information myself, so I, I knew how valuable it was. Uh, I worked as a data scientist for credit card companies, first of all, for Discover, then for Citi, uh, for over a decade. Day in and day out, I would look at information about people's spending habits, about their debts, their payments. You know, So I had a very good sense of how I look compared to other people. That was information I personally found incredibly valuable, uh, but then looking around and seeing what actual financial tools looked like was always a little bit depressing because I felt like I was put in a box completely isolated from everybody else and I had no sense of perspective. Uh, so that was really the reason we, uh, my partner and I decided to start Status.
0: That's cool. So when I go to Status Money, well, first of
5: all, how do I get it? And then uh, just walk me through it. How does Status Money work? First of all, you go to statusmoney.com. We are a web platform, but also very beautiful on your mobile phone if you want to use your mobile phone browser. So you go to statusmoney.com and you create an account. The account creation process takes a few minutes. Uh, You would add information such as your age, how much you make in a year, whether or not you're a homeowner or a renter. Uh, We seamlessly link to your bank accounts and to your credit report. So that information is now available to you. At no cost to you, you can always check your credit report 24-7. Once we have that information, we match you with people who are similar to you. This is done algorithmically, very seamlessly from the user's point of view. So you're able to see people who are your age, who live in your city, have a similar income. If you're a homeowner, then we match you with homeowners. And people who also have a similar credit score. By looking at that peer group, you now have an incredibly detailed sense of how you stack up compared to people like you. We also let you compare yourself to the national average. So in case your peer group is, you know, doing tremendously well compared to other people, you now have that sense. And by the way, you can create custom peer groups as well. So if you're curious how you compare to people across the country or people in your hometown, you can see that. Or, Um, or that's only the start, right? Because once you have all that information, our algorithms get to work on trying to find ways for you to better manage your money. That's where the real magic happens. Gotcha.
0: And so I'm assuming then I can base it on uh, maybe my net worth, my spending, my investments, th- the amount of money I make. I mean, w- what are the different ways that I compare myself with other people?
5: Yes to all, all of the okay. above. All right. So so our idea was we needed to have a comprehensive picture Of your finances, frankly, so that you're well informed into every aspect of your financial life. So, yes, your financial net worth, but also every component of it. So your assets, looking at your investments, your homes, your cars, what you have in your savings and checkings, even your debts broken down, credit cards, mortgages, auto loans, student loans, uh, lots of debt in this country. (laughs) <laughs> we can talk about that another time yeah spending income your credit score so again every aspect of your life broken down so that you can get a high level and an incredibly granular view of your finances
0: that's really cool and then on to your next point which was then you'll help me find ways to do better do you look at how people who are doing
5: better than me are doing and kind of show me the steps there or how does that work The primary benchmark is people who are similar to you across those six dimensions that I mentioned, your age, your income, your location, and so on. What we allow you to do is get a data driven, factual understanding of where you are. The algorithms are then looking at how you're doing well and where you can do better. So simple example, the interest rate on your mortgage is too high. People who have a similar income and credit score get a better rate. So we're going to tell you about that without you having to lift a finger and where we're going to go is then connect you to a mortgage provider that is willing to offer you that better rate. So all of this information at your fingertips, but then hopefully getting to the point where you don't have to sift through information to get to what you should do about it. If you are interested in finding out how people who are older than you compare to you, looking at yourself in 10 years perhaps, or if you want to move halfway across the country uh, which I'm thinking about doing, given this awful weather in New York. <laughs> you can compare yourself with people who are 10 years older, or people that are living somewhere else, and kind of give yourself a, a milestone to look forward to. That's really that's fascinating. And how much does it cost? Oh, that's the best part. It's free. It is completely free. Okay. Uh, this is part of kind of the ethos of our of our company, which is look, this is information you don't want to put it behind a paywall. Everybody deserves access to this information. Quite frankly, it's already our information. This is based on our own data, our own behavior. The way we make money is just like any one of those large financial planning companies or ad companies, Google, Facebook, and others, we show ads. So when we connect you to that mortgage provider that is willing to offer you a better rate, we'll actually get paid from them. So we keep your information private and we offer you a great service for free.
0: That was my next question, but but because you're collecting a lot of information from me. Talk to me a second about security.
5: That's kind of the thing that we decided from day one, we will never, ever compromise. Our security and the privacy of every one of our registered members. The reality is, we were the first people on the platform, right? My information was on there, quite frankly, before anybody else's. I have account number one. So it was very important to me to make sure that Uh, All the information on there is completely secure. So we have industry-leading encryption. We've got industry-leading companies that are monitoring our environments 24-7. And any access, whether authorized or not, is monitored, logged, and we get actual alerts about it. When it comes to privacy, that's also a part that's completely overlooked in most cases because of all the data breaches. People focus on security, yeah, but privacy is incredibly important. Mm. Um, even when the data is not breached, how it's being used right. is an area that people need to pay attention to. And for us. We keep it absolutely private. We have made the commitment and posted it on our website from day one that we will never, ever sell this information to anyone. Yeah, because
0: ostensibly this information is information banks would want. I mean, it could easily be a revenue stream for you, I would think. Sure. It's just the revenue stream
5: I don't want. Yeah, right,
0: right, right. I know that during most of the day, you sit around with your feet up. No, I'm joking. <laughs> you guys are I working. You guys are working hard. It's a really crisp interface. I find it fascinating how you take so much data and make it so easy to sort it and 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 so usable and just where I can fly through it and I'm not stuck in the weeds. But what's what's next for you guys? What's coming up soon on Status Money? More and more
5: algorithms. Right. If you think ahead, where are we going to be? Not just as a company, but as a society a few years from now. We're talking about AI. We're talking about intelligence here, right? It's not, it's not, the game is no longer about information. It's about intelligence. And that's where we're going. Our eye is on the future. So when we talk about these algorithms that are completely, um, uh, kind of predictive and monitoring every aspect of your finances to let you know what you should do and when, That's what we're working on. So in a couple of years time, probably, frankly, even less than that, you won't even have to log into our platform. I'm not going to waste your time, right? I'm going to let you know when you need to do something. Other than that, I'm going to let you live your life. That's where we're headed.
0: That's really cool. That's so I love talking about the future. It's just it's it's phenomenal. The site is Status Money. Uh, Madge, thanks for hanging out with us for a few minutes. And by the way, if you're curious about Status Money and you're walking the dog or you're on your morning run or on your commute, whatever, we'll have the link on our show notes page at StackyBenjamins.com. Madge, thanks for hanging out with us and telling us about Status Money. Thank you. Love this basement. Thank you. <laughs>
1: Hey there trivia fans, I'm Joe's mom's neighbor Duggan. what a brilliant idea, comparing yourself to other people when it comes to your money. I often compare myself to people down at the Sizzler, like who can eat the most shrimp? I can. Who has the best hair gel? This guy. And whose belt buckle beats everyone else's? Uh, that's probably Tony. Really, I should probably be comparing these amazing boots, which is a really good idea for a trivia segment. While my boots are awesome, Michael Jackson actually secured a patent for his shoes. In what year? I'll have the answer and maybe a few great moves of my own in just a moment.
0: Stacky Benjamins is happy to be supported by Magnify Money we're so happy that we've had Magnify Money as our sponsor for a long period of time because of the fact that I'm in so many conversations where we talk about either interest rates on loans or we talk about getting a savings account that doesn't stink. And I always ask people if they've tried out Magnify Money. And I'm surprised that as long as we've worked with Magnify Money, people still out there haven't heard of it. So what is Magnify Money? Magnify Money. Well, head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnifymoney, and you'll see what other people know that they save, on average, $450 by maybe getting a new checking account, savings account. And you know when it comes to that credit card situation, you've got that mess in your wallet, stackers. It's time to get rid of the mess and start stacking, right? Isn't that what we want to do? Well, I'll tell you how you do that, either with a consolidation loan, which you can find at Magnify Money or by looking at some of these 0% interest rate credit cards. Now, if you're going to move money over to a credit card, make sure then that you cut up the old card. You can't have the old card maxed out and the new card maxed out. So the general rule applies. Know yourself first. And if you know yourself to the tune of, guess what, Joe, I pay off all my debt every single month. Well, you know what you do then then you play the reward point game, and Nick at Magnify Money tells me that if you're getting less than 2% cash back, you're leaving money on the table. So how do you find a better card? How do you find a better savings account, better auto loan? How do I start stacking more Benjamins? I had to stackybenjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money for more. Big thanks also to Harry's for supporting Stacky Benjamins. I flip and love my Harry's razor. I don't know if they're going to like, Richie, the word flipping in this, but I'm still going with that. What do I love most about shaving with Harry's? Well, I like the closest of my shave, but I got to tell you, I'm all about that shaving gel. The shaving gel with Harry's is incredible. My razor, I upgraded to the, the heavier razor. I like them both. I like the old one, but I also like the upgraded one even better. I like the fact that the founders of Harry's were fed up with overpaying for expensive razors with these unnecessary features, and they knew that a great shave comes down to great blades made with sharp, durable steel that last. That's why they bought a factory that's been making some of the highest quality blades in the world for over 95 years, people. 95 years. By selling directly to you and me over the internet, they offer their blades at a price much lower than those blades sold in the drugstore and they come with a quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let Harry's know within 30 days and they'll give you a full refund. But seriously, it's about that shaving gel. I'm just telling you head to Harry's.com. And I'm about to give you the code, the secret code, and you'll get your trial offer. What's the trial offer. It's a $13 value trial set. It comes with everything you need for a close, comfortable shave, the weighted ergonomic handle, five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade that rich lathering shave gel that i keep going on and on about and a travel blade cover so anybody listening to stacky benjamins yes that's you can redeem their trial set at harrys.com forward sb make sure you go to harrys.com sb to redeem your offer and let them know that as mom said we sent you to help support the show All right, team. What's the score now? Does anybody remember? <laughs> I, I think I've won one of them. Yes,
2: I've won one. Did you just win, Paula?
3: No, she no. won early.
2: No, remember last week? Uh, who was on uh, the Hound? The, yeah, the Wealth, Wealth- Hound. Wealth- Hound. And, and he won. I was close. I was the closest by numeric, but I would just gone over the stupid Prices Right rule, so Wealth Hound took it. But Paula is
0: the is the furthest away from having one, right? So she gets last guess, I think. I think sure. it's I think it's OG Len Paula chooses. Okay. Okay. All right. Cool. Here we go. All right. OG uh what are you thinking? We've got Michael Jackson and getting a patent for shoes.
4: So, I'm thinking the first number I think of when I think of Michael Jackson is 1988. I don't know why. That's just what pops in my head. He's well established by then. That kind of Pepsi hair burning time, maybe. Um, so shoes. Why would he have a patent on shoes? I'd see a patent on a... Didn't he have a sparkly glove? But he had a patent on a sparkly glove, maybe. Maybe he had a patent on uh, that, too.
2: I'd just say that was LL Cool J. Is that what you no, said? No, I said that was OJ.
4: Oh, OJ. Yeah. <laughs> That's a different glove. Um, okay, so...
0: Not as sparkly, but there was a smattering.
4: Yes. It's a different kind of it's yeah reflection. Yeah. Um, so let's do. I'm gonna go back in time. Ah, uh, nineteen hundred and
0: seventy nine
4: er seventy nine. You're going.
0: <laughs> I thought you said eighty eight. You went from eighty eight to seventy nine. I told
4: you the number that I thought of, but I just don't think it's right.
0: Okay.
2: <laughs> All right, uh, Len. All right, this has got to have something to do with his moonwalk, right? Doing the moonwalk, I, he must have had some special shoes. I mean, that was incredible—the the guy that he could do that. So, when did he introduce that moonwalk? That was wasn't that that was during some Grammy Awards or something, right? With Billie Jean. So, let's see. And that album came out in uh, Thriller came out in uh, eighty. Let's see. I know I was still working at the grocery store, so that was I'm gonna say nineteen eighty one. 1981.
3: Paula. Wow. Okay, well, when I heard the question, the first number that popped into my head was 1982. Jeez, but if end guessed 81, ooh. Or I could be squarely in the middle of 1980, or I could go under and say 1978. <laughs> I've got so many options in front of me, I don't know what to do. Just,
2: just pick 1762, and you'll you'll win if... if uh if og and i went over right year one (laughs) 1492 that's a famous
3: 33 ad (laughs) i'm gonna go with my gut i'm gonna stick with
0: 1982 1982 so len only wins if it's 1981 here here we go Uh, doug what's the answer
1: Hey trivia fans, I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, busting a move with today's shoe-in for the best trivia segment this week. Let's lace up this segment and boot this question to the curb. Michael Jackson secured a patent for his shoes. In what year? Well, when Michael Jackson made the video for Smooth Criminal, he appears to walk fluidly on air, backward. And he secured the patent for those shoes to do that trick in 1993 get that one wrong don't feel like a heel just put your toe into it next time and you'll walk away a
2: winner see ya that makes total sense because that smooth criminal if you saw that smooth criminal video that is true that is amazing and i should have thought of that yes absolutely
4: gotta go with your gut
3: Wow, that means I I was the closest without it even though I had the highest guess.
0: <laughs> I know. <laughs> you still missed it by eleven years. <laughs> How about that? Which, in the big scheme of things, you know, looking at millennia after millennia of human civilization, that's eleven years isn't bad. But
2: yeah, thinking just about just a bit outside
0: Michael Jackson's lifetime, it's something different.
2: So that was a trick. So he did it with he did it was a fake. That wasn't a real uh, thing. We just we just made Len cry.
0: <laughs> this is this is Len's epiphany. 1993 was a lie to
2: Len Penzo. The whole his whole childhood just blew up. That was pure talent on his part.
4: Yeah. Smooth criminal video. Here we go. I'm gonna watch it while you guys talk about the next stuff.
0: Oh uh, oh oh! Looks like someone needs help. All three of those O's are sponsored by Bloom Smart Simple 401k Management. When's the last time you thought to yourself, hmm, I should be using that target date fund at work? I would say, probably not, unless it's one of a few companies. And if it's not one of those few companies and you have high fees like many of the target date funds out there and you still want to press the easy button, Bloom is the way to go because it's smart, simple 401k management that fits whatever your goal is. Bloom's pricing is $10 a month regardless of the size of your account. They link to your existing 401k, so you don't have to move your money anywhere. They're a completely independent advisor, so you know you're getting unbiased expert investment advice, which, aka, we call a fiduciary. Uh, Bloom researches, invests, manages, monitors, and grows your 401k while you're relaxed. They get you the right mix of funds to meet your retirement goal. So, really, they're like a robo-advisor, or more likely, like that target date fund that you wish you had in your 401k. Bloom is so simple. In fact, the hardest part about this is remembering there's three O's in Bloom. Go to stackybenjamins.com forward slash Bloom and enter promo
2: code SB. There's no way you got it right. (laughs) How did you do that? I think I was thinking, trying extra hard because I was still upset about missing the Michael Jackson trivia question.
0: It's a Christmas miracle, kids. (laughs) It is a Christmas miracle. For your first, if you go to promo code SB, you'll get your first month free and you can see the difference Bloom could make in your retirement. And today we're going to sell out the, sell out. (laughs) Today we're going to sell out. Today we're going (laughs) to sell out. The truth comes out. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) Today we sold out the podcast uh, to Dustin. Hey, Dustin, apparently you're buying the podcast. Uh, Say hello, Dustin.
2: Hey, Joe and OG. Annual reviews are coming up at work, and I have a question about negotiating salary, vacation time, etc. I work for a municipality and can see the salaries for people with similar jobs within my state. I've also used the Bureau of Labor Statistics in the past. What other resources do you recommend I use prior to pleading my case? Thanks for entertaining
5: me on my drive to and from work. Have a good day. Bye.
0: Thank you for the call, Dustin. And the good news is you don't just have OG and I. We've got uh, Paula and Len, who also have some serious negotiating experience. So Len, you you work, you know, most directly in a position with a boss like Dustin does. So when you go to negotiate well, you've got that, a job? Yeah, Len, you've got it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm the sucker. I'm the sucker in the group. Paula breaks the code down. You're the one dude who has a job
2: here. What, do, what uh, how do you negotiate a raise? Well, I set goals at the beginning of the year. I get my boss to agree to those goals. And then at the end of the year, I evaluate my performance against those goals. And if I meet those goals, I go in with my, my plea for a raise. Lens, and that's how it works.
0: <laughs> lens, len's goals are, I'll show up by 9am 70% of the time.
2: Make it up, make up for it by leaving early. Yeah. Right? Come in late, leave early. Exactly. I'll
0: work past yeah. lunch 40% of the time. Boss, yep. I exceeded that by 20%.
2: Yep, that's it. Yeah. And and here's another thing. Here, here's another way to make a great case for making a raise, uh, asking for a raise. If you're working outside your job description uh, or your level of job, and if you can show that you're doing the work of somebody higher up than you, by all means, make sure you show that to your boss. And you can say, look, I am being paid. You know, I'm doing work above and beyond my pay, my pay grade. And so therefore, I deserve a raise. And yeah, of course, you have to back it up with your performance. But right. It's a great way to do it. Dustin. Can boss
0: yeah, sure. Uh, Dustin mentioned Bureau of Labor Statistics, but just the job descriptions at your company uh, is a great data point. I love that, Len. Oh, gee, how about you? Places to go to negotiate a raise?
4: Just a couple of places come to mind. First of all, in the employee world, right? You're always overpaid or underpaid. Rarely are we paid exactly. Fairly
0: compensated, should, right. You know,
4: you're just in a job too far. You know, and you're and you're stretching. So to Len's point, you're doing you know above your pay grade stuff. And then there's other times where you're smoking it, and you should be being paid more, and you're not. But um, comparison sites, I think, are really the best the best place here. So like Indeed is a job board. Uh, Glassdoor is another one. I think a couple of these you can just subscribe to. It's free. You know, you got to give your email and create an account or whatever, and you can you can search other areas. They're also great places to see lateral moves. Right? If you find out that you're a manager in this field, but this is a another field that's very similar that would be an easy transition for you. Quite often the biggest pay increases come from changing both careers and changing companies.
0: Companies, right?
4: Right. We have some anecdotal experience in our family with that. And it's funny because when my wife did this and she came back around to her original company nine months later after getting a roughly 35% pay raise at the other place. And her boss said, Oh, is it just about money? I'd have paid you that. And you go, well, you know, maybe you should have, and I wouldn't have left. And that, you know, but um, uh, maybe that's the right answer too, is to look and see if there's a lateral transfer in working in a municipality and government business. You know, there's a lot of different, uh, a lot of different departments that, uh,
0: that might work out. I know Dustin asked about reviews, but to speaking to everybody else who's listening, I've seen, tons of statistics, just that guests on the show have talked about. Well, one of the big things people don't do to your point, OG, is just ask, right? And statistically, women are less likely to ask for the raise than men are. And yet you get that answer from bosses so often that you would have got it had you just asked. I was going to say Glassdoor, by the way, was, was mine. I like Indeed is another great place. Paul, you have any other places or let's even talk just negotiation strategy for Dustin as well.
3: Uh, salary.com is another one. Oh, good.
0: Yeah, with. that's great. You
3: know, what you could do is either take the highest number that you find, or if they're all kind of within a similar range, you can, as you're negotiating, show what that whole range is and then take the average or take the median. And if that is something that is higher than what you're getting paid, you know, make that point because then you have multiple data points that reinforce it. With regard to negotiation, remember that salary isn't the only area of compensation. You know, you've got salary, you've got vacation days, you've got number of sick days, you've got, yeah, I don't know, any other number of ways in which you are compensated in terms of your benefits. And so if they can't budge on salary, ask for better compensation that is framed within the context of some of those benefits. So, for example, I know a woman, this doesn't exactly apply to your situation, but it's kind of illustrative. You know, I know a woman who was moving to take a new job and the company that she was working for, they, as a policy, didn't help with the moving expenses. So as a workaround to that, she, you know, she was like, okay, I understand that that's your policy. Can you start paying me one week before I actually show up? And they said, yes. So in that way, she was sort of, she sort of backdoor was able to get them to pay for her moving expenses. By giving her effectively a paid week of not having to work, not so, having to start work—that's cool.
0: Bonus. Cool, yeah, I like that. I also um, I, I I see people that talk to their boss and they talk in emotional arguments about I deserve and it's and that never goes anywhere. And the emotional mm-hmm. argument always loses. Facts definitely beat emotional arguments. Second is nobody cares about your bills, about your kids, about your. Life. I mean, don't get me wrong, they do, but not when it comes to negotiation time. So don't use right. your personal needs in the negotiation. Stay away from that. And uh, last is you can even, you can even look at uh, things in the future. If uh, you can say, I'll do, to Len's point almost, I see that the next grade does XYZ. I think I'm particularly suited to do those things. But I'd like to be paid X amount more to take on these additional responsibilities. So trade, I'll take on higher responsibility for maybe half a step up instead of the entire step up. And it all depends. And and the other thing to remember, too, is that often your boss is on your side and your boss isn't the one making the final decision. So if your boss says, "Mm, I got to think about it, realize what your boss might be saying is, I got to talk to the real decision maker about it. Because your boss is only given X amount of money and may have to go for more. So don't, don't, exactly. yeah, don't assume that your boss is being a jerk when your boss says, uh, it's going to take me a couple of days to talk about that.
2: Yeah. So you got to help. And that goes back to help, help your boss. When you go into negotiations, go in armed. Don't just go in and ask for a raise. You got to have something to back it up. So that's why it's best to write down your job description. Say, this is where I'm doing the the stuff that my job description, and this is what I'm doing above and beyond my job description. And go in with that. The asking for a raise is so much easier when you have that piece of paper all that lays out why you were worth that extra money. It's not hard at all.
0: Yeah, that's, that's great. Give your boss as much ammo as possible exactly and your boss might be the one that shoots you with it but who, but who, but who knows <laughs> thanks for the question dustin if you've got a question for the show head to stacky and at the top of the page you'll see questions for the show click that and it'll show you how to get to the bloom hotline and we'll answer your question as well let's talk about what happens where you crazy cats live paula what's going on at that wonderful afford anything podcast
3: On the Afford Anything podcast, we have a pretty long, detailed episode where you and I, Joe, we answer listener questions. We also talk about podcasting. We go a little inside baseball. We also have an interview with Shane Snow. He is uh, a brilliant thinker who has written a lot about lateral career hacking and how to hack the ladder of success. Uh, He's written a new book about dream teams. So tune in to check that out.
0: We also find out the first time ever, Paula's wrong and I'm right. On on that show, so. (laughs) Uh
3: Uh-huh, yeah, uh uh-huh, yeah. Tune into the Afford Anything podcast for some interesting debate.
0: Nobody's going to agree with me on that debate, by the way. Everybody's going to agree with Paula. Nobody's going to agree with me. OG, what's happening with you, man? I'm just
4: finishing watching the uh, Smooth Criminal video on YouTube right now. (laughs) Um, I don't know that I've ever seen that whole thing. It's like nine minutes long. I just listened to the whole thing while you guys are all yapping. That is pretty sweet. I can it see is. how you'd be confused by his movements there,
0: uh, Len. He got, a, he got a patent for those shoes, apparently. It was
4: pretty he smooth. It was pretty smooth. It's like a smooth criminal. What's <laughs> happening in my world? Um, gosh, this is the really crazy time for us in the OG family. Kids are out of school now, so we are smack dab in the middle of summer vacation, and baseball and trying to do something for the family and trips. And we're headed to Florida for a couple of days. So we're going to do the whole beach thing, kind of a working vacation for me. If I could put everybody else at the beach and I would stay here, that would work out also for me. But um, alas, I need to drive them there. You know, a little golf, that sort of thing. But this is kind of, I want to say it's a quiet time, but it's not. It's just busier now.
0: You must take like 30 minutes talking about. Um, I'm going to the beach. I'm watching a video.
3: Yeah, you sound very resigned to your fate.
0: He does, doesn't he?
3: <laughs>
0: like he's on this conveyor belt. Uh,
3: uh, I'm just going to play some golf and go to the beach. Uh, <laughs> really.
4: With life is my a family who loves <laughs> it. <Right?
3: laughs>
2: Len Penzo. What's happened at Len Penzo? Out <laughs> what's happened at LenPenzo.com? I have a uh, 10 debt management apps that'll help you organize your finances. It's not oh. something I wrote, but, uh, I had a, 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 guest contributor come in. Uh, McCall Robeson has done a good job with a very nice article on that. And Hey, if there's a, if you're ever interested, there's always on the corner of my blog. I've always done lots of taste tests with my family. If you're looking for uh, the right ketchup on your mustard or on your hot dog this year, I have a ketchup taste test that my family did. And you might be surprised at uh, what was the best tasting, it was in a blind taste test, what was the best tasting ketchup? It wasn't the one you probably would think it is. Well, Paula,
0: with your love of everything hot dog, there it is.
3: Absolutely. <laughs> Although the hot dog that I ate didn't have ketchup.
0: It didn't. See, that was what was missing. <laughs> <laughs> That was hot
3: dog eater. I yeah, there is a gourmet hot dog place in downtown Vegas that I am in love with and go to at least once a week. And my favorite toppings: avocado, seaweed, bacon bits, potato chips, onions, garlic aioli, and sriracha mayo.
2: Yeah, but what's inside the casing of the hot? Is it like kale and?
3: uh, (laughs) Or is it no? No, it's an it's an all beef frank, natural natural beef.
4: The Bobby Flay Burger Place in Vegas some good cheeseburgers. I
3: cool. I <laughs> haven't been there. I I, I <laughs> reach further than where I can walk. You normally.
0: You you lost good me, story, Paula. OG.
3: Email me the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You lost me, Paula. All that stuff you have on the dog. I don't recognize any of that stuff. Like, whoa. The bun
3: get soggy. Avocado, seaweed, crushed potato chips, bacon bits, onions, garlic mayo, and uh, sriracha aioli. Paul, I think Ioli is just another fancy word for mayo.
0: Yeah, Paula's the woman that takes like 40 minutes to order her Foo Foo Starbucks drink too, I'll bet.
3: Oh, no, actually, Starbucks, I just get a plain coffee, blonde roast.
0: Ah, nice. I thought she's like, I want mine with bacon bits, kale, <laughs> whatever stirred in. I don't,
3: I don't like drinking calories. I prefer to eat them. That's
0: why Yum I haven't had a great gourmet hot dog in a long time And I'm starving Alright guys That's going to do it for today Uh,
1: Doug Take it from here man What should we have learned today? So what should we have learned today? First Find out what motivates you If it's seeing how your money lines up with everyone else's Then do it Push those buttons You know what gets you moving And if moving is the goal Do everything it takes Second What was your money epiphany? Maybe by relaying the story of your money life to other people and your aha moments, you'll find yourself looking for more and then better money management skills. But the big lesson? Always suggest to Joe's mom that Friday's the best day to go to the Sizzler, especially when she's in a good mood. Maybe then she's buying the first round of root beer. Special thanks to Majd Moxad from Status Money for stopping by. Check out Status Money wherever you find your favorite apps. Len Penzo appears courtesy of LenPenzo.com. Paula Pant appears courtesy of AffordAnything.com. This show was created by Joe Salcihi, produced by Richie Rutter reese and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at, at @sBenjaminsCast or on our Facebook page. Shannon Cowan is our community manager and social media guru. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor Doug, and I just jumped the shark. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, Consult with a real financial advisor. Thanks also to Joe's mom for pointing out that underwater basket weaving really actually isn't a thing. Huh, who knew? Maybe we could make it a thing. Who's with me?
5: I bought a new watch because I started this exercise
4: dealio. And so I got this Garmin and it tracks like how I do based in my age group on different things. And it's like the bell curve. And I'm like on the left side of the bell curve always like, this is how many steps you do a day compared to everybody else. This is the number of floors you climb every day compared to, I'm like, yeah, show offs. (laughs) And like the guy, like the bell curve goes like, I I do like 6,000 steps a day. And the person like, like the bell curve is like, 28,000. I'm like, what the hell is that person doing? That person's crazy. Is that all the, is yeah. that
2: all the steps you do a day?
4: I am at uh 5,072 right now. That isn't a lot of steps.
2: <laughs> well, wait a <laughs> minute.
3: Let is the 28,000 guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. Just no, pacing no, no, around no. the bunker. Yeah. That's,
2: that's pretty low. OG.
4: I'll get on my exercise bike when we get done and I'll crank out 700 calories of Peloton. There you go. All right.
2: All right.
0: What, what does it mean if I'm at nine? <laughs> Coma. <laughs> right.
2: Do you hear about the guy they were, they, I forget what it was, they were having some competition or something. They were counting st- who could do the most steps and one guy put his pedometer on the dog's uh, leg and let the dog <laughs> run around. <laughs> it.
0: No, but I remember going to some FinCon. Do you remember this, Paula? We were at, I was at some FinCon where Jeff Rose was in a competition and he was like shaking his Fitbit up and down to make it, simulate like there were like they was getting so many steps and he really wasn't. Do you remember that?
3: Oh, wow. No, I don't remember that at all, but that sounds like something that would happen at FinCon.
0: Yeah, no, I thought you were going to say, sounds like something Jeff Rose would do cheating. (laughs) Our friend at good financial sense. We're making, we're, we're, we're just cracking a joke, Jeff. It's all right. The, uh, we get a cease and desist order from Jeff? No, I'm kidding.
4: Uh, I require that you delete this from your podcast. (laughs) This is disparaging
0: the brand. My my Fitbit uh, stuff is none of your business. No. That's fun. But but I also thought I thought it was funny. If you're feeding if, if you're if you're cheating at the Fitbit challenge, there might be mm-hmm. might might be some wrong
4: some other kind of problems you have.
0: Right. It'd be more fun. It would have been funnier if Jeff is like shaking his arm with his Fitbit in it and eating a donut with the other hand. <laughs> that would have been way better.